welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us. <clears throat> All of Airport Christian Fellowship, dear, <clears throat> excuse me, precious, beloved Airport Christian Fellowship members and friends and uh, members and friends of Johan. Um, and Johan, welcome, welcome. Wednesday evening, uh, we want to just share communion together. Maybe you haven't tuned in yet. Um, you're running around, uh, but get some communion ready. I am a little bit early, but Johan is just going to lead us in some worship, and then at the end, I'll greet you again. And uh, yeah, so let's worship the Lord for 10 minutes. Thank you, Johan. Bless you. Divine authority, yeah. 
Blessed be the Lord. 
Jesus, you reign forevermore. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the earth rejoice. Let the people be glad. The people rejoice because the Lord reigns. Thank you, Jan. That's beautiful. We see you shortly. Bless you, brother. Thank you. Well, welcome. Um, I was just looking at my phone, and I see there's quite a few folks that have joined us, and you're so welcome. And uh, just before I start, just make sure that you've got something uh, uh, for communion because we're going to share communion tonight, um, just um, remembering um, the sacrifice of Jesus, the supreme sacrifice of the Lord, and then just taking of the elements of his body and his blood. And, uh, you know, because you are in a relationship with him and I'm in a relationship with him, um, you're in union with him, I'm in union with him, it means that we are in communion common union with one another as well so i'm longing to see you all and uh trusting this evening when the president announces the uh, another level of unlock that um we can get around a little bit more and i'm trusting also that somewhere along the line that they can um, start letting us assemble and having church you know even if it's 40 50 people it's something you know um i'm missing you all and i need to Give each one of you a big, solid, long hug. Just tell you how much I love you face to face. It would be so good to see you again. But um, yeah, so get get some communion and get ready. And then you can share it together if you're watching as a family. And um, um, with uh, Bev and myself, I will share it with Bev afterwards as well. She's uh, sitting in the other room with the, the puppies, the dogs. Um, otherwise, they'd be all over me over here. And uh, so maybe one of these broadcasts, I'll take <laughs> a turn and show you, show you each of them there. 
they uh, keep us really entertained. But um, yeah, tonight I just wanted to uh, celebrate communion with you. And um, I know that we're in a little bit of isolation. We've got a bit more freedom of movement, but um, just to, to fellowship around the Lord's table, the Lord's Supper again uh, tonight. So John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The love of God, the steadfast, um, his said love of God that pursues and tracks down and lays hold of and uh, never gives up. And uh, the, the apostle Paul tells us that, that this love of God, he says nothing in all of creation. And then he goes through a whole array of things shall never separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know, we're the only ones that can stop, you know, the experience of his love. You cannot stop him loving you, but you can be out of the experience of his incredible love. And um, who would want to do that? I don't know. But, but that love, nothing shall ever separate us from that love. No greater uh, love is anyone than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. And of course, he did that for us and um, laid down his life for us. And this love of God, so amazing that the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 3, kneeling before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and earth derives its name, prays that we may be granted power within to grasp what is the length, the breadth, the height, the depth. In other words, just the extent of the salvation and to know the love of God, which surpasses understanding and knowledge. You know, it's something that, that takes a revelation, the, the incredible love of God. In our humanness, in our finiteness, in our brokenness, we don't know what absolute agape, unconditional love is. And, uh, love, and, and we need a revelation of it, but we need that love. And so we need a revelation of that love. So we may, may have power together, Paul says, power together to comprehend this love of God that surpasses all knowledge. And um, the amazing thing is, you know, we're in that time and we're coming up um, to the ascension and uh, Johan and uh, um, Jonathan Pfeiffer will be leading worship with us. We'll just do some ascension worship to celebrating the end of the 40-day period where Jesus was appearing and uh, uh, ministering to people, the disciples, I mean, and uh, uh, telling them about the kingdom. And uh, then he ascended and 10 days later, poured out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. So we'll be celebrating that on Pentecost Sunday. But the, the amazing things, and I've been touching on it in the end of the world and, 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 and this kind of thing. Jesus died at the end of the one age. He was, uh, was the foundation of the new age, the new world um, to come. And so he was laid as the foundation, at the foundation. And so we are built on him. Those heavens and earth passed it away. Those governing principles, principles passed away. Now we live in a new heaven and a new earth. And that's what Paul was referring to, to the disciples in Hebrews 5, Hebrews 6, talking about you've tasted of the powers of the age to come. We're in that age. And so in Ephesians 2, Paul talks about the fullness of this age is coming upon us. We live in an amazing time, a new heaven, a new earth, the home of the righteous. And of course, um, we submit to the word of God. We submit to the Holy Spirit. Jesus is our Lord. And um, yeah, so it's a new world. 
the, the thing that I just wanted to point out very quickly, and I want to just get a bit more practical um, and not so, you know, theological. Well, it's all, you know, theological is practical. But, um, you know, when, when Jesus came, Paul tells us in, I think it's Romans chapter 10, verse 4, when he said, Christ is the end of the law. So not only did he end the law and begin the new world, but he was the goal and the purpose um, of the law, he the, because the law was the school teacher to lead us to Christ. So, so what will the end or the goal or the purpose of this age be? And we know that the scripture is full of it, that um, Jesus, by his spirit and by his word, is endeavoring to bring us into it. We're going on to perfection. And that's what Paul said in Hebrews 6, leaving the foundations, let's go on to perfection. Let's go on to maturity. And it starts with understanding, um, you know, the meat of and the truth of the word of righteousness that I am, and you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And that gives us access to the very person of God himself. And Peter describes it like this, that, that we are partakers of the divine nature through these great and precious promises and through our knowledge of him. So which is really amazing. And so Paul tells us that, that we are coming to that point by the giftings, raising the body, and us ministering together in love unto a perfect man. And a perfect man is um, a, a man that stands in the full measure, the full stature of the fullness of Christ. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul talks about you know, love and the qualities of love. Your love is patient, love is kind, doesn't envy, doesn't uh, keep a record of wrongs and you go through all of those qualities of love which is description of character which actually if we have the fullness of it he is describing exactly that measure of the stature of the fullness of christ and so so the end of this age the end of christ is that we mature that um Paul says in Hebrews chapter 2 that he suffered in order to bring many sons to glory. And uh, the sons to glory is the same glory that he is, that he stands um, as, as first among equals and that we are like him. The church of the firstborn sharing the inheritance with us. So enough of that. So the, the incredible thing is that stature is love. And in 1 Corinthians 13, when Paul talks about when the imperfect goes and the perfect comes, we know in part, we see through a glass darkly, then we will see face to face and we will know even as we are known. So there's faith, there's hope and there's love, but the greatest of these is love. And so that's what this world, this age, this order is about. Um, and God is bringing us into the perfection of maturity. And that's why before he went to the cross, just as he was starting into that discourse about um, you know, you'll do the greater works, Romans 14, 15, 16, 17, the high priest, priestly prayer. He started it in 1 Corinthians 13 by saying, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I've loved you. By this, he says, shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another. So amazing passage of scripture. John, the apostle of love, he says it in 1 John 4, 16 to 19. He says, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. So come on, church. Yeah, you know, love is the, the thing that is the measure of our maturity and our spirituality. 
Spirituality is also the gifts of the spirit. But oh my goodness, it's that fruit of the spirit, which, which is love, you know, peace and joy. Um, so herein is our love made perfect, that we may, because if his love dwells in us. And so herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. In other words, we have his DNA. We are made in his image and in his likeness. And in this world, we are like he is even now where he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And Paul tells us, or John tells us, there's no fear in love. There's no room for fear. Fear still has to do with judgment. Fear still has to do with thinking that there's no forgiveness of sin. Fear has to do with the fact that we don't understand that we are the now the righteousness of God in Christ and living in that love of God. And Jude says, keep yourself in the boundaries of this love. So in other words, you know, we can't claim that we are the righteousness of God in Christ and live anyway because condemnation will sit on our heads. But, you know, if we make, we stay in the boundaries of his love, you know, it keeps us and we're walking. We're not perfect in the sense that perfect, but we're going on to perfection. And uh, as long as we are progressive, there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear because fear hath torment. Fear torments us because it has to do with judgment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So what is God's purpose for us? To be made perfect in love, mature in love. And then John says, we love him because he first loved us. Any claim that we have of any love for God or for people, oh, we cannot claim as our own. You know, we can't go, well, I just learned to love people. <laughs> Our love at best is a response to his love for us. And then my love flourishes for others, you know, for example, for you. Now, Andre Blichnot, I really appreciate you sending me the article that you sent me on WhatsApp. I went and had a look at it and I, I downloaded it. Thank you, Andre. Really appreciate it. I'm sure you've heard me mention it before. I thought it was King Henry only to discover it was King uh, Frederick II. And uh, I need to just tell you this because it really blessed me and it's in keeping with what I wanted to just share with you quickly before we take communion. But in the 13th century, King Frederick II conducted a, a very evil experiment. Um, and his intention, his goal for that experiment was to, to discover what language children would naturally grow up to speak if they were never spoken to. There was no communication. They never heard their language. And of course, being German and uh, taking these German children from their parents and putting them in the care of nurses, he automatically assumed they would grow up speaking German. Now, not only were the carers, carers um, not to speak to them so that they would never hear a language, but there was to be no touch, no affection. Um, um, you know, so they were basically to be isolated. So they were taken from their mothers at birth and placed with these nurses. So no touch, no um, affection, no nothing. I mean, they had to be sterile in the communication and in their um, in the communication in, in, in all forms with these children. But um, unfortunately, tragedy, the experiment never lived out uh, where the children... Uh, you know, would grow up speaking because they all died. 
It was um, sometime later in the year 1248, an Italian historian named uh, Salimbini de Adam recorded, um, you know, with some kind of scientific observation. He said the children, the babies, could not live without petting. In other words, without affection, without touch, without kind communication, they literally died from want of affection and touch and love. Now, this is amazing. Modern medicine uh, calls this phenomenon a failure to thrive. I remember speaking to a psychologist once about somebody that we were, um, you know, um, discipling. And, and they talked about the, the extreme rejection that this person had in their childhood. And, and the psychologist said, from that point, they were cut off. From the moment rejection came and the withholding of proper, wholesome love and affection, a stunting and a retardation came. I like the word, they failed to thrive. And, and so there, there is a physical growth, but not a corresponding spiritual, emotional, and psychological growth. There's a stuntedness. So it's, it's amazing. There was a, a Dr. Dean Ornish, um, and uh, he talked about love and survival. And he did a study um, demonstrating that love is the chief influence for our mental, emotional, and even our physical health. And one of the pages uh, where he summarizes his data, he says this, for some, for some reason, these doctors can state the obvious in scientific language, eh? for some reason, we humans flourish under the influence of love, but we gradually die without it. And Andre was just saying, you know, the effects of the coronavirus are not good, good for us with social distancing because we're missing out on affection and touch, especially in ACF. So he says this, anything that promotes feelings of love and intimacy is healing. Anything that promotes isolation, separation, loneliness, loss, hostility, anger, cynicism, depression, alienation, and related feelings often leads to suffering, disease, and premature death from all causes. Isn't that incredible? So modern science is now proving that through controlled studies that human beings are literally, we are, come on church, we are literally, he says, engineered to love. We are made for love as if our DNA contains a hidden message that you must love and be loved in order to survive. Now we've got to put that with all those verses I threw at you in the beginning and start to understand um, what I'm trying to say. You must love and be loved in order to survive, in order to thrive, in order to grow, in order to go on to perfection. Now, Dr. Ornish um, says uh, mainstream modern science has a problem because um, the scientific evidence that they have leaves little doubt that love and intimacy are powerful determinants of our health and survival. And why they have such an impact on us remains <laughs> somewhat of a mystery. You know, these boffs, I don't know, <laughs> you know. It remains, it remains a mystery, he says. So scientists are baffled by the existence of love and the fact that we need it. And of course, the background, the background is evolution and, and that whole theory of evolution that we evolved. And so we're just, you know, biological 
beings, you know, and survival of the fittest is what it's all about. That's why we, we got to the top of the food chain. So it's a mystery that re remains and none of them can fully explain it. You know, so uh, um, I like what this article says. He says, quite simply, love creates a break. In fact, actually a contradiction in the train of logic in the evolutionary worldview. And the problem for many scientists is that they're trying to understand the human need for love with a paradigm of a reality that does not allow for the existence of love. In other words, how is it that if we evolve from apes that love evolved? Where does it come from? Because of all of these things. So, you know, um, Darwin's theory of, of evolution talks about the survival of the fittest. Well, love is the exact opposite. By contrast, it is essentially self-giving rather than self-preserving. And therefore, it doesn't make sense to the evolutionist. So if materialist, mystic, materialistic evolution is the truth of human origins, then human beings are merely biological animals and there's no such thing as love. And yet, this article says, and yet here we are, creatures, people who thrive on love and are absolutely dependent on it. You know, it's right at the core of Christianity. Isn't it amazing that um, when Jesus came, he came to heal us where it really hurts. He came to heal that stuntedness and uh, cause us to thrive instead of to just survive. And uh, he heals us at the core of our beings. There's, there's no greater reality. There's no greater revelation that, than the fact that the most influential, our heavenly father, God, the creator of the universe, loves me with such an absolute and perfect love that he gave his only begotten son for me because he loved me so much that he gave Jesus for me. And it puts us in a place where his love for Jesus and his love for me and for you and for all of us is exactly the same as the love that he has for his own son. So let me finish reading the article. A tenacious desire to love and be loved pervades every human heart. We try to explain it with no reference point beyond, beyond ourselves. I'm talking naturally. Um, I just read you those verses from 1 John 4. We seek its satisfaction, the satisfaction, um, you know, uh, in countless material pursuits. So we try to satisfy this craving for love by going after stuff. But it remains larger than anything the world can offer. You know, um, I was reading about this place in one of the Scandinavian countries where um, assisted suicide is, is legal. And these people go there um, to, to, you know, be assisted in committing suicide. And these people sit around in a group and talk to them and, you know, to love, <laughs> love them and this kind of thing. They administer a lethal injection or whatever. And, and the incredible thing is that a large portion of those that go for the assisted suicide are not deathly sick people, terminally ill people. Um, very many of them, I read in this article, is that that uh, are extremely, extremely wealthy and, and they just have no hope. They've got nothing left. They have everything that their hearts could desire, but they've just got nothing to live for. One lady went for an assisted suicide, an extremely wealthy lady, and she left all 
of her inheritance, her wealth, her money to her dog. How sad. Because they're craving for something that only love can give. Capital L, capital O, capital V-E, that only God can give. So they seek satisfaction in stuff, but it remains more than what the world can offer, more persistent than our determined resistance. I'm sure maybe you resisted God and the love of Jesus for a while. You know? <laughs> Some of you diehards, you know, and, uh, but eventually love wins the day and you cave in. Love never fails, Paul says, never, never fail. So it's greater than our ability to resist and it's insistently fixed on something more than ourselves. You know, there's, there's just, if we are filled with love, the most natural thing is, is responding to God, obviously, but then secondly, when, when Jesus said, a new commandment I give you to love one another, even as I've loved you, to love your neighbor as you love the Lord your God. And uh, he's talking about something that should come extremely natural to us. It's, it's a reflex. It's in our DNA. So we need to ask, this article says, the obvious question at some point, so my throat is getting a little bit scratchy. Cheers, everybody. What is that something more that we so desperately long for? In two simple declarations, the Bible answers, offers the answer. And I already read the one. First John 4, 16. Here it is. The reason why love exists. God is love. Second one, Genesis 1, 27. God made man in his own image. We made to love. We made to love. Come on. If, if you're finding it difficult to love, your center, your center, you know, your, your centeredness is broken. There's a broken heartedness about you. Somewhere you were cut off. Somewhere you, were, you have experienced rejection, rejection or you are experiencing rejection. The withholding of that kind of unconditional love. But we need to just allow Jesus, the lover of our souls, the lover of all of us to come in to heal our hearts. So let me just read these verses again. First John chapter four, verses 16 to 19. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Now I just want to, um, maybe just share something a little bit practical with you. That's it's it's not part of the biblical sequence and interpretation here, but but here it is: is that a lot of people fear to love because love opens you for for so much hurt. But I, I want to just tell you that there's no fear in love. Hurt is the price you pay for love. You know, one day we were married, um, we were just newly married, fairly newly married, and I, um. You know, we were just kidding around and Bev punched me. It was quite sore. She put me on the, just the right spot. And I went, ow, ow, that hurts. And she said, well, don't you know that love hurts? And, and, you know, when we open ourselves to love, we open ourselves to hurt. But there's something in love that even overcomes that. And so there's no fear in love because love never fails, never, um, never lets us down, never, never can go wrong. It forgives sins. It keeps in a record of wrongs. It doesn't puff up, you know? And, and so love is an amazing thing. Perfect love casteth out all fear. And, and 
there's something about there's something about Jesus that's so amazing that even though people hated him and rejected him, particularly you know the Pharisees and the scribes, uh, scribes and the Pharisees, they were included when on the cross he said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." And that came from the depths of his heart. You know, he loved them. He hated their sin, but he absolutely loved them. And so, love overcomes the fear of opening to being hurt again. So cast out all fear. Fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And then it goes on next verse to say how we then start to love one another, to love our brothers. You know, I was just meditating about communion today and thinking about the emblems, the bread and the wine, the body and the blood of Jesus. And the thought struck me. I haven't you know, thought it through entirely, but I'm just going to say it anyway. I don't think it's too far off. You know, when we get married um, as, as couples, you know, we wear rings. And, um, you know, this, this ring Bev gave me when I was 21, which was only a few years ago. Hey? And um, she saved up and she bought it and she, it's a signet ring. And she graved my initials on it and put her name on the inside. And when we came to get married, you know, <laughs> we were getting married on a shoestring budget. I, we came to South Africa from Zimbabwe and I bought her ring here. But we, then we didn't have money for, for me to have a wedding band. So we just decided we'll use the signet ring. And now, 40 odd years later, let me just think about it. 40 years later, um, here it is. It's still here. Um, but her ring and my ring um, reminds us of our union and reminds us of our commitment to one another. Um, and I, it just, I was just thinking of it, that when I was thinking of the bread and the wine, these are symbols of our union with him, because these mark the marriage supper of the Lamb. Right throughout the New Testament, you know, Jesus gave, um, well, there were several, um, you know, um, parables about, you know, guests being invited to a wedding feast because even in the old testament they knew messiah was coming god was coming as the bridegroom and part of his covenant with them was he was to be a husband to them and, he, and they were to be his wife his bride his people and that's why jeremiah talks about the fact that they broke covenant with god and that's why jeremiah says then god wrote out the certificate of divorce uh, first you know for israel and then for judah and um, he broke union with them. But the amazing thing is, God didn't just reject them. Paul talks about it, and you know, haven't looked at it fully, but in Romans chapter 7, talking about the principle of, of death, the law of death releases you from the law of marriage. And so Jesus died. So in other words, God died and rose again, which released him from, from the law of marriage to Israel and um, um, allowed him then to enter into a new marriage relationship um, without, you know, being a lawbreaker in, and we're in adultery in that sense. And so we are married to him. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians, when he spoke to them, he said, I betrothed you to one, even to Christ. And so the great marriage supper of the Lamb is now that he is married to us. And uh, John says in the book of Revelations, 21, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven like a bride prepared, the dwelling place of God is with men. So now, these are symbols and emblems, really, in a sense, of our marriage to him. You know, it could be the Holy Spirit as well, but I just thought, you know, this, it was because of this that we are in union with him. And of course, we are in union with each other. Now, 
And I think I've said enough and I've asked Johan to prepare um, a song for us before we take communion and uh, then we can share communion together. Just hope that this blesses you. And, and I, one of the things that I, I want to just encourage you, ACF uh, members and friends, my, my brothers and my sisters, Jesus has a mission with us. He has a mission um, with, via the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in us has a mission to us and in us as well as through us. And his mission in us is to lead us into truth, into truth becoming true, to sanctify us. And, and I want to just encourage you. He's wanting to heal your heart. He's wanting to heal that broken sentiment through the truth of the word, the application of it by the spirit in the face of all of the things that we face in the world. He's bringing us unto the full measure, the full stature, the perfect man, Jesus Christ. And when it's all over, what it looks like is 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. It's not arrogant and boastful and proud. It keeps no record of wrongs. It always delights in the truth and uh, always perseveres, always hopes. Love never fails. That's what it looks like. So, Johan, um, would you just minister to us? And um, I just want to encourage you all, just keep trusting the Holy Spirit with your, your growth and your sanctification. He's growing you up uh, into perfection. Bless you, Johan. You want to sing, it's all about love, 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 love. Jesus loves me, this I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
for your family and your children and the children and the children. May his favor be upon you for a thousand generations for your family and their children and the children. before you all around you and within you he's with you he's with you he's with you yes in the morning in the evening in the coming and you're going in your weekend and rejoicing he's with you
Thank you, Johanny. He's got a bit of a frog in his throat, but he pushed it. Thank you so much. Wow. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. From number six and from verse 22. So here we are. Here is uh, the bread. And uh, the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. You know, he broke it. He blessed it. And he said, this is my body. Uh, whenever you do this, you know, take and eat it. Whenever you do it, do it in remembrance of me. And so together we remember the broken body of Jesus. And it was broken. Now we are the body of Christ. And so we're one loaf together. All kinds of backgrounds. I see someone I think is watching us from Austria. Um, Henny and Daisy, so good to have you with us. And, uh, but we're one body. It doesn't matter where we are. We're made into one loaf. But all the benefits of that loaf, the benefits of the head are with, within us. So let's take, let's eat of the bread as we remember the broken body of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your broken body. We take it now and receive all the benefits of the body in Jesus' name. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, you know, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Until he comes, we remember this. Until he appears, until he's with us, we remember the benefits of his shed blood, his life given, so that by his stripes we are healed. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And forget not all his benefits. He forgives all my sins and transgressions and heals all of my diseases. If you're struggling with health, trust the Lord also now for healing as you take. So let's drink together of the cup remembering his shed blood. Amen. Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for the fact that you died for us on the cross and you shed your blood and you gave your life. Abraham saw it on Mount Moriah in Genesis 22. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be seen, it will be provided. He's Jehovah Jireh, and God Himself provided the Lamb of sacrifice for us so that um, our sins can be taken away. What a joy, what a delight to know that now I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I've got access to Him. I'm partaking in the divine nature. I'm made in His image, I'm made in His likeness. I've borne the image of the earthy man. Now I bear the image of the heavenly man. And so I was like him. Now I'm like him. So listen, church, love is in your DNA. And uh, we just need to open our hearts to the love of God. Don't let religion and religious ideas and condemnation tell you that he doesn't love you and he doesn't care about you. He cares about you deeply. Receive the love. Stay in the boundaries of that love. Dwell in that love because God is love. And something will happen instinctively. Out of your hearts will come that same agape, wonderful love for people. I pray that all of us as ACF during this lockdown when we come out will have experienced such a mighty 
baptism of the love of God. Now, I want you, as we come to close, and Johan will play us out with a song, but I want to just read number 622 from the Amplified Version. And whenever I, I end a sentence, I want you to respond and say, Amen. So be it or be it unto me. So I'll tell you when, when we're going to start. The Lord said to Moses, saying, speak to Aaron and his son, saying, this is the way you shall bless the Israelites. This is what you are saying to them. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted your heart to sing the song. So now I, as, as your priest, as your priest under the great priest, your shepherd under the great shepherd, I want to say, the Lord bless you. Amen. And keep you protect you and sustain you and guard you. Amen. The Lord make his face shine upon you with his favor. Amen. And be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. Amen. The Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you with divine favor and approval. Amen. And give you peace, which is a tranquil, heart, and life. Amen. Now I'm going to add to it, and I want you to say amen. And the Lord bless you in health. Amen. And the Lord bless you in your finances. And the Lord bless your families, your loved ones. The Lord give you success and cause you to prosper. The Lord cause that everything you've lost and where you've come behind in this lockdown, that in a short supernatural space of time, it is made up to you financially amen. in every other way. Amen. 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 And that the Lord bless you in your going out and your coming in, in your going back to work. The Lord bless you with work. The Lord bless your workplace. Amen. The Lord continue to provide for you jobs and, and contracts and work in every way, in Jesus' name. And this is what God said. So Aaron and his sons shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. So in the blessing, I've just put the name, the nature, the character of God upon you. So it's upon your head. You are blessed under the hand of God. So Johan, would you play us out with something? I love you, Blessing you. shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and keep you peace. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and keep you
shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and keep peace. The Lord turn his face towards you. Thank you for joining us. I need Nono and Sammy from Mtata try to send, uh, try to join us, but they just couldn't get the, the link and, and to join us. But oh, it was so good having you with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for all the amens and the hallelujahs. Um, Taste Camphir, thank you very much for shouting all those hallelujahs. I really appreciate it. And I love you all, and I'm so, so looking forward um, to seeing you um, again. But until then, stay strong, keep hope. Um, let's be at peace. Let's stay in faith. Um, God is for us. Who can be against us? And uh, best of all, God is with us. He's Emmanuel. He's in us. He's with us. He's before us. He's behind us. He's our real God. Underneath are the everlasting arms. Overhead uh, are the, the wings, his pinions. And we nestle up in, the, in those feathers. Psalm 91, we're protected. So the Lord bless you. Thank you, Johan. You really Thank blessed you. me. Thank you. Appreciate it. Love you, brother. Love you and guys. Love you all. See you soon. Um, thank you for joining us. Have a good evening. Let's watch the president's, um, you know, announcement tonight. We trust that another level or two levels and that somewhere along the line, we can meet together at ACF and have church. Love you all. Bless you.